I'm Phoebe and this is Health Uncovered. Sexual health, STIs. Sexual health is quite a taboo subject. No one really wants to talk about it. You're not physically dirty, but it's kind of like something's wrong with me and it's bad. If they knew they had an STD and they didn't tell me, I would be so upset. Hello, I'm Kel Spellman and this is Health Uncovered. Over this episode, I'm going to be dealing with another of the big health issues that affect young people just like you every single day. I'll have the help of some health experts trying to answer some of your most asked questions, even if it does make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. Today, we are talking about sex, in particular, sexual health and sexually transmitted infections, or STIs as they're often known. Now, if you want to learn about sex and emotions, then we have got another podcast dealing with just that. But today we are talking about what's going on downstairs rather than upstairs and dealing with the sticky issues of STIs. <laughs> Brilliant. So sex. We all know that talking about sex in public and just in general can be a little bit embarrassing and isn't very British. But we're going to forget all that, throw it out the door, and over the next 20 minutes, get down to the nitty-gritty. To help me do that, I have four brilliant young people with me. To my left, I have... Will. Next to Will. Jada. Hi, Jada. I'm George. Hi, George. And I'm Charlie. Now, we are going to meet our health experts in just a second, but first, we're going to play a little icebreaker game to get us warmed up, OK? Oh, no. So... <laughs> There was this thing, I say thing, research was released a few years ago, which showed that many young people get rock bands, flower types, and sexually transmitted infections mixed up. So, I want to see just how well you can tell them apart. I've got a list of names in front of me here. All you need to do is tell me if it's a rock band, a flower, or an STI. <laughs> okay? okay? You can work together. All right. So the first one, Sirith Ungol. That's got to be a flower. 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 Sounds Latin. Can I just tell you, that is a band. Oh, it's a no California way. rock band. Took their name from the mountain passing Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh, you're in the right ballpark, roughly. OK. Ish. Syphilis. That's, that's an STI. That's STI. Oh. What? It's an STI. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, you're actually part of the 15% of the people who thought it was a flower. Oh. So there we go. I'm covering the range there within the room. Chlamydia. STI. STI. Nice. Not to tell you, 9% of young people thought that was a flower. But it's advertised in, like, doctor surgeries. You can get free testing for it. Yeah. Everyone, like... Who are these 9%? Like pretty common And what one. flowers are they picking? That's what I want to know. <laughs> OK, next is Dione Muscopola. STI. STI? STI? Mm. I don't know. Flower. I was about to Where say flower. You were about to say a flower. Of course I was about to say flower. Actually, yeah. uh, also known as a Venus flytrap. <gasps> oh. There we go. Oh, no way. They're pretty cool. Mind blown? They're yeah. Cool. yeah. That's what we do on these old podcasts, let me tell you. Finally, last but not least, Loose Goats. Okay, band name. Finish strong. It is a <laughs> Swedish rock band. Nice. Yeah. I think we did quite well there. All warmed up? Ready? Yeah. Probably, yeah. We are going to be talking about some serious stuff today. Uh, and to help me with the facts and the figures, we have got two wonderful nurses. To my right, we have... Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And next to Sarah... So thank you all for joining me today. We are talking about STIs. Now, we were kind of speaking just a bit before we started recording, because they were also known as STDs at some point. Would you come across that, guys? Yeah. 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 What term are we actually on now? STIs. STIs. We are it is STI now. Definitely transmitted infections. Yeah. Okay. To make it sound yeah. a bit 
better, I guess. Do you yeah, think it sounds like better? more approachable. Yeah, it's it sounds like it's going to clear up. Disease sounds a bit um, of a, a look death sensitive. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bit of a disease you got there. If someone was dying, <laughs> would you not feel yeah. that, that one might like when you hear disease, you might feel a bit more of an urgency to go and get it seen to? Yeah. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, if it's a disease, you're going to be like, oh, I've got a disease. I need to go get that cleared up. Where if it's an infection, you'll be like, oh, that'll clear up in a couple Although of days. Although we're trying to break the stigma, yeah. disease could also work the opposite way and actually put people off from getting help. That's true. Yeah. So STIs. Yeah. Yes. Sexually transmitted infections. infections. Okay. Well, the first question I'm going to begin with, if you found out you had an STI, how would it make you feel? Oh. Dirty. Will's just shuddered <laughs> next to me. I'll probably just cry for a little bit, to be honest. Why? It's just, like, it makes you feel dirty. You're not physically dirty, but it's kind of like something's wrong with me and it's bad. British people are kind of like shameful about sex. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh no, everyone knows that I've had sex. Especially yeah? if you've got like a disease from it, you're going to be like, um, I didn't do that, I swear. Like, yeah. I'd probably keep it to myself or something. Maybe tell a couple of my friends. Yeah, probably just want to get it treated yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. I'd probably okay. go to the doctors with my friends, not even with my mum. Like, yeah, probably my friends it. too. Yeah. I think what you're describing is common initial reactions yeah. of being told that you've got an STI, but then it's what you do with that information yeah. afterwards, which is yeah. really, really important. We'd all be embarrassed, but it's infections are mm. common. They're not unusual. And if you're having a sexual relationship, these are things we can protect ourselves against. But we will, you know, experience at time to time. And it's knowing what to do with that. It's more normal than perhaps people expect it to be. Just going on to that, there are some facts here that back that up. More than one million sexually transmitted infections are acquired every day worldwide. Yeah. They are super common, as you said, yeah. particularly between 15 to 24 year olds, they have a higher chance of getting it than anyone else. Yes. But basically, it's kind of saying everyone is going to contract an STI, but there's still a real stigma. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think it's what people here have just described. It is the embarrassment, the shame still there. And as health professionals, we're constantly trying to minimise that and make services more accessible and available just to try and minimise that stigma a little bit. Do you think that stigma is changing? I want it to, but I don't think it is yet. Sexual health is quite a taboo subject. No-one really talks about it. Mm -hmm. Unless it's in your lessons. Apart from that, no-one actually wants to talk about it. It's a bit uncomfortable. Like, if you were to talk about it, you'd probably just burst out laughing because it's just a bit... Oh, like you're talking about sex. Oh, and you can't really take it seriously. It's interesting actually because as school nurses, mm. we obviously talk about sex a lot, and because you have to keep yourself healthy and well, it's a really important part of your health, along with your mental health and physical mm. health. Sexual health is so vital. So yeah, it's been interesting this morning hearing you saying that actually it is still quite embarrassing, mm. and we are aware of that. But it's having access, isn't it, to people who you feel you can talk to and get the right information mm. from. My first port of call would probably go to my friends and see what they think. So I always go to my friends for all like advice, like, even though I, I do go to my mum afterwards. But I think it's called Connections, Youth Connections. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd go there because I feel more comfortable speaking to someone that I don't actually know than yeah. like a family member. Yeah, so, so I'd probably go there. Mm. as well. Yeah. So you'd, nobody like would know. If I was to talk to my mum about it, she'd probably be a bit disappointed in me. But maybe not disappointed. Maybe that's the wrong word. She'd find it uncomfortable for herself too because she's probably been in that position herself and it's a bit like, oh my God, you're my child, what are you doing to yourself? But I guess I would still talk to her about it eventually, maybe once I've got it cleared up. The important thing is knowing, yes, where you can find mm. the help and getting the right help because friends 
are really good to talk to, especially about their experiences and things, but you might not, like going through the band names and the yeah. STI names and flower names, friends might not always have the correct advice and, and it actually, may not even be yourself going for that it may be a friend coming to you to say where do i go so it's you having that knowledge on board as well so that you can support a friend and give them accurate factual information about where to go i think what seems to be quite nice though as well because obviously with, with, with some subjects that we talk about in podcast episodes the conversation with your parents is so important mm. whereas with something yeah. like this it's actually, I think, okay to say, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with mm, that's absolutely. absolutely fine. Like, there are so many other alternatives that you can go and speak to. I mean, we'll get to plenty more of them, but I think if we go through the process of, say, if I have contracted an STI, let's say, first of all, would you always know you've got one? You would not. No. No, you wouldn't, no. You wouldn't. Sometimes you can have some obvious signs, um, sort of itching, discomfort, discharge but often you will not know and that's where having regular if you're sexually active regular checkups are the thing to do so go down to the sexual health clinic which is all confidential mm-hmm. and have a, a checkup and annual also is just being aware of body changes so anything mm-hmm. that is unusual for you so like sarah said discharges um, pain while passing urine anything like that that is unusual for you a change in your body so it's really important that you have that awareness what are the um, the most common STIs? I'll throw that to you guys, actually. What ones do you, do you know of? I probably only know about, like, chlamydia. That's probably it. Syphilis. Okay. Okay. AIDS, HIV. I know about that. Yeah. yeah. What about for the girls when we um, vaccinate? Oh, um, cervical cancer. Yeah, yeah. so the HIV. Yeah. I didn't know so, that was an STI. Mm. Yeah, so that's a human papillomavirus, which is spread I'm not sure if that's an STI. through sexual contact. Yeah, crabs. Crabs. Yeah, yeah. Well, pubic lice. Yeah. And which one is Herpes? the most common for, oh, for people that's... under 25? <laughs> Chlamydia, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that one is also known as the silent <laughs> infection because, as Kel said earlier, you know, you don't always know if you've, you've got it because that one often presents without symptoms. So it is just screenings. What happens in the screenings? That. For screenings, chlamydia can be done at home. There's all different routes that you can get a chlamydia screening. That's often a simple urine or a swab and you can send that via the postal system or you can have that done at your your gum clinic or sexual health clinic. And pharmacists and GPs give out swabs. Imagine if that's spilt in the postal bag. That would be really <laughs> It's all sealed in a bag. It's fine. Sealed in the bag. And some, some young people prefer that method just because it saves them going out and, and going into a health centre if they're yeah, feeling particularly bit... worried about that. What's a swab test? It looks a little bit like um, a cotton bud, slightly mm. longer. Oh, doesn't it like go in there? <laughs> yeah, it depends oh. where you're taking the swab from and then you just seal it okay. and, yeah. <laughs> I have a question okay. on that, actually. But for boys, it's often a year in test, though. When I was growing up, there was this whole thing about the swab. Yes. You know what I mean? Because we can all think where it has to go on a guy, yeah? Does that still happen? Because I don't, don't know if it does or it doesn't. So chlamydia is one of our uh, most common STIs, and that is a urine mm. test. Okay. There are more invasive tests, such, such as blood tests and things, but that would be alongside an in-depth history taking and, you know, discussions with the nurse or the doctor who was going to treat you for that. So, no, most things are a swab sort of around the general area. For girls, that is internal, but, you know, that's a choice you can make. Lots of girls would rather choose to do a urine, other girls are quite happy to take a swab it would just be like inserting a tampon so it's no different and you have to weigh up you know those few moments of cringe against ultimately what you're going to get treated for what would you guys do if you thought you did have an sti what do you, what would your procedure be probably talk to my parents first and then go to the gp nice i'd probably say i'd tell one of my closest friends first and mm. ask for her advice it'd be awkward if you like told your parents but they've got to know 
because yeah, like, they're the, the ones I, that look after I you. Tell my parents, obviously, but like I probably go to my friend first mm. and be like, "Oh my gosh, guess what happened to me?" And just tell the story. Yeah. Like everything goes on in the group chat. Like we have a group chat. <laughs> <laughs> you send everything like, to the group everything chat. Everything is sent True. into that chat. It gets sent to the group chat before your parents find out, and, the, and then they're like, "Okay, this is how you deal with it. This yeah. is how you tell your parents." It's nice that you all support yeah. each other. It's and really actually, nice. if you then Googled um, your local sexual health clinic, you can yeah. then take your friends as support. You know, they wouldn't have to come in the room with you, yeah. or they could if, to see the nurse if you wanted to. But it's, it's good to have support. Can you go to, like, the doctors and stuff by yourself? Because we're not 16 yet. Yes, you can. Oh, OK. Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah. And also, if you're unsure, there's many other services. There's our Chat Health service and our Health for Teens website that you can go on to. And again, we would give you that advice. So, you know, just be aware of what support is available to you, where you can get this information. Okay. If someone was a bit of a, a wishful thinker and they were just thinking, if I just ignore it and don't do anything about it, would it go away? Worst thing to do. Oh. What then, sort of things do you yeah. think could happen if you if you ignored it? Oh, it could get worse. It'll, it'll, it'll like, go into a different infection and it'll get yeah. like worse and worse and it you, might complicate down the line. And you, you might could get end worse up. symptoms. Like just sort that out quickly. Some, as some of those infections can be quite simply treated with antibiotics or penicillin. If left, you know, can can go on and have massive implications on your life later on with infertility and so forth. So to, to ignore it is going to cause you more harm later on. I think that's the importance of regular health checks as well, because if you leave something and you are having symptoms and those symptoms get worse, eventually you will sort of be pushed into mm -hmm. a corner and you'll think, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to go because I can't bear this any longer. But if you have a sexually transmitted infection that you aren't having any symptoms for, but you perhaps know a partner has been diagnosed mm -hmm. with something or a previous partner and you're harbouring that without any symptoms, then that could impact on mm -hmm. fertility later on. So it's really important, even if you're fit and well, just to get into the swing mm -hmm. of having regular... Checks. And again, with ignoring these symptoms, if you do have them, that's going to have implications on how you take sexual relationships later on as well, because, you know, you, we don't want to be spreading it. You've got to think about that as well. That's kind of leading on to my next question, which I'm sure is quite an obvious one, though. But should you stop having sex? No. No. If it was cleared up and, like, the symptoms were gone and the infection is cleared, no. Cause you should use, like, I'd probably inform them, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, as long as you've gone and got treatment, you would always be advised during the treatment process what you can and can't do. But once it's cleaned up, cleared up... Um, and cleaned up. <laughs> <laughs> once it's cleared up, um, obviously, just your safety with um, sexual encounters. So continue along with that. So those, you know, using condom to protect yourself and partners. You should and always partners. be using condoms. Quote my know, friend. Absolutely. Always use protection. Yeah, you should always use condoms. You don't want to be treating things and being exposing yourself, you know, to more infections condoms need to be used yeah I mean, absolutely well actually i saw on snapchat that not many people are using condoms mm. nowadays and they're using another method of pulling out mm. yeah yeah is, so, is that because do you think we're getting a bit complacent because there tends to be um, an air of thought that stis are generally quite easily cleared up with with antibiotics do you think that has an impact i wouldn't really say that i kind of think it's guys just they don't want to seem too overly confident that they're going to get laid like, oh, yeah, I knew I was going to have sex last night. I'm, I'm an amazing person. But then, like, <laughs> if you do, don't carry it, then you're running the risk of, like, getting someone pregnant and getting an STI. 
And the, it's important because girls can obviously carry mm. condoms as well. Mm. I was going to say, and it's, it's not just boys. Yeah. It's not like their so sole responsibility. all taking yeah. responsibility for the decisions we and make. it's important to preempt that. So if you are going on a night out, a party, anything like that, that you go prepared because if you get caught in a moment, then you're less likely to stop and say no, particularly when there's alcohol or what have you. So actually just to go prepared is, is far better. Charlie, what you touched upon there, because talking about, you know, then how would you prevent getting an STI, starting with pulling out, would that work? No, that wouldn't work. Um, but sexually transmitted diseases, skin-to-skin yeah. um, -skin contact, and obviously pulling out is, is not going to help. Semen leaks, you know, it can be ejaculated at any time through sexual intercourse, not just, you know, at the, the moment. So you're actually at risk from contracting a sexually transmitted infection. So that would be a really unsafe method. Um, safe and also, the best way is, is condoms, because yeah. everything's covered, everything's protected. Have you guys come across this thing where you won't enjoy it as much? Yeah, yeah I've heard that people before, that? actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people say it. Like, you're supposed to feel better without it or something. Yeah, which I think, yeah. you know, does sometimes play into the, the, the thinking. I think it is still it. a common myth. Um, you know, condoms have moved on yeah. in leaps yeah. and bounds over the years. And perhaps, you know, I don't know, now 50 made, years like, ago, um, that may have been an issue, so, yeah. but certainly not now. Well, while we're talking about contraception, how would you guys feel about bringing it up with your partner that you're going to have sex with? I feel like when you talk ashamed. about it's yeah. necessary. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't not talk about it. You definitely need to be prepared about contraception. And if you forget you, to use a condom, the, you should always go get the morning after pill. Yeah. Or most girls are actually on the pill when yeah. they start having that. And that's where your sexual health screening comes mm. in. Yay. <laughs> And we know first. that the peel doesn't protect you it from STIs, yes. OK? So it's that double barrier, particularly if, if you're, you know, in a new relationship that you use a condom as well, and yeah. the condom mainly is there to protect you and them against the spread of STIs. You need to think as well about um, condoms for oral sex, mm. things like that as well, because mm. obviously... STIs can be contracted through all forms of um, sexual contact. So that's vaginal sex, anal sex, oral sex. Okay. You can contract things like chlamydia in the throat. So again, that's just something to be aware of. I actually have a question. Apparently there's a condom for the vagina. Fondom. There is. Femdom. Femdom. Fenidom. Yeah. 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 That's real? Yeah. Yes. 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 It's not so popular. Amongst young people. Does it hurt? How does that work? No, you have to know how to put it in properly and correctly. Um, so you need to be savvy with your, your female anatomy, I would say, which is why we don't really, it's not really promoted um, as, as much as it could be. Savvy female anatomy has become, I think, one of my favourite lines. We've heard. <laughs> what a line. That's amazing. Um, but while we're talking about, you know, that having the conversation, whoever it might be, mm. seems to be the best way forward. But if there's someone listening to this podcast now, their partner doesn't want to really use any form of contraception mm. and they're kind of worried about it, what would be the best thing for them to do? Or what, what would you guys do if you're in that situation? I wouldn't have I'd sex. say no. no. Yeah. yeah. I'd want to protect myself. I wouldn't want to catch something because of... And again, questioning person. that person, how much respect they have for you, because if they're not prepared to use anything, then, you know, they're, they're disrespecting you and your health. If they knew they had an STD and they didn't tell me, mm -hmm. yeah. I would be so upset. We're yeah. just saying have respect for each other and yourselves. So if you are having any sexual encounters that you are looking after yourselves, I think that's key. Yeah, and don't let embarrassment get in the way because it, it's so important just like we, like I said earlier looking after your mental health and physical health your sexual health is so important yeah and I, and I think it's one of them we all deal with it it's mm. like every person 
at some point yeah. is going to come across some form of sexual interaction. Yeah. So you soon realise that although sometimes you might feel like you're on your own, you're definitely not. Yeah. I think it's definitely okay to talk about. But a quick game of true or false to the you guys. I'm going to ask it, put it to you Ooh. first, get your answer, and then <laughs> we will get the actual answers from our experts. Okay. okay, so you can catch an SDI from a toilet seat. True. True. I'd like to say false, but it's probably true. True. False. Ooh. <laughs> STIs don't live outside of the body for very long um, and they certainly wouldn't survive on a cold toilet seat. So that one is, so, is false. Because otherwise none of us would use them, would we? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No. Especially public toilets. <laughs> oh, no. You're think safe. About it. You're safe. This one I think we know the answer to, but you can only catch an STI from false sexual intercourse. False. We just learned about yeah. all types of sex. Just checking yeah. you're listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? All is. Skin contact, genital warts, things mm. like that. So you don't need to have full intercourse. You're right. Condoms provide 100% protection against STIs. False. False. You guys know, like, the 90s sitcom Friends? There's, like, a... Of course. There's a bit yeah, in it, yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> you should all know doesn't know Friends. Go and watch, come back. Where Joey finds out that condoms are not 100% effective and he's, like... What you've just blown my mind and gets out like a whole stack of condoms is like reading it. Oh, it's <laughs> amazing scene. Ninety-eight percent, and yeah. that's if used properly. So um, again, it's looking at where you buy or get your condoms from. Most clinics and shops in the UK are fine, but if you're starting to get them off eBay, I'd be a bit worried. Oh, I start making sure they've got the British <laughs> kite, kite mark on. Used well, they are really, really yeah. good form of protection. But yeah, obviously, make sure you've not got it on upside down. <laughs> Have a play at home. Make sure you know what you're doing. Get with the banana them. out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, and, and finally, all STIs can be cured if treated properly. No. False. Which ones? HIV. One more, <laughs> particularly? Herpes. Herpes. That virus tends to lie dormant and can present throughout your life, so you never quite get rid of that one. Final thing I want to touch upon, because I think we, we should talk about it definitely while we're on this, because until I'd gone and had a checkup, I had no idea what to expect when you, when, when you decide to go and do it. Mm. What would you guys kind of have in your head of what would happen if you're going to go and get yourself checked up? You go to, like, the doctors, walk in, and then they, like, stub you with a few needles, like, <laughs> swab you up, make you pee in a pot, and then, like, they'll get back to you a week later and then go, this is what you got. Like we were saying about the, um, the chlamydia test, if you went to the pharmacy or um, got a chlamydia test from there or your GP, the test will often come back as a, a text. Mm. You fill in a form yourself, so you go and get a test over the counter at the pharmacy for free. You fill the form in, put your text, your mobile number on, so it just comes back to you with a positive or negative screen. And then and it will say to you, yeah, if it's positive <laughs> and you need treatment, you'll be advised to ring a number and then they will talk you through where to go and get your course of antibiotics from. So would you prefer to have somebody actually ring you? Probably. Would like, you? imagine getting that text that's saying, oh, yeah, by the way, you're positive. It's just as bad as getting dumped over the so text. Would you <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> the whole idea of being told over the text like sorry I so love that that metaphor is just like being dumped over to oh, oh really you can't put a call in you can't get me on the blower and at least tell me let me hear it I might have worked they would be inviting you they would be asking you to call the centre so they right. could give you advice and guidance they wouldn't just send you a text saying but then wouldn't the test be like uh, just as daunting oh 
by the way, just do you mind just coming and get a well, few information you, about it? Because you've taken responsibility for your sexual health, you've gone and sent your urine off or your swab. You will be waiting for that text, and and if it's um, a positive test, it's fine. You take an antibiotic, mm. and then it's all cleared up, and you've done absolutely the right thing. Final question to wrap us up. If people want to find out more about STIs, where can they go? We've got, I think we mentioned it earlier, the Health for Teens website that you, yeah, you're aware of. Yeah, www.healthforteens.co.uk. We advise people not to Google because you can end up in a whole world of knowledge, you, you inappropriate in knowledge. <laughs> but NHS, the NHS website, they cover all the um, STIs mm -hmm. and they're really good, solid information with links on sexual health clinics and things. So the NHS websites are really good. Well. Guys, thank you so much. There are loads more health issues and questions concerning young people tackled in other podcasts in this series, so please do go and check them out and subscribe to this series, if you will. We are tackling a whole load of different issues over the next few weeks, so please do make sure you are involved. I will see you again very soon, but I just want to say a final thank you to all the people sat around the table today, to our experts, Sarah and Suki, and to our young people. We have Will, Jada, George and Charlie. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure is all mine. Uh, this has been Health Uncovered with me, Kel Spellman. This is Health Uncovered with Hertfordshire Community NHS Trust. Health Uncovered is recorded with NHS professionals who help young people, like school and public health nurses. To find out how to get confidential support with any health issue, speak to your GP or ask in school.